Welcome to this week's edition of News Hero for October 26, 2019. News Hero stories are the result of scanning the entire field of news platforms that cover the spectrum from left to right. We're always on the lookout for not just facts and the truth, we're on the lookout for the heroes. When we say there are more heroes in the world than those causing harm, we believe it. You'll see it in our headlines, our coverage, our editorials, and cartoons. We give you what you need to keep you in the know. But News Hero readers are always invited to continue the investigation by following our many links to sources for further detail. Now here's what's been going on in the world this week. The U.S. House of Representatives has passed a bill that makes most animal cruelty a federal crime. Changes in same-sex marriage and abortion laws mark victory for equality in Northern Ireland. Teachers on strike in Chicago aren't only raising issues of pay. Demands for more nurses, counselors, and psychologists are growing. Civil rights groups are urging Facebook to act against discrimination and voter suppression. Under new U.S. legislation, Google and Facebook could be forced to tell users how much their data is worth. California Governor Gavin Newsom has pardoned three convicted immigrants to help block deportation. The California State Workers' Pension Fund, the biggest public pension fund in the U.S., is the latest to pull financial backing from private prison firms that run ICE migrant detention centers. A school video made public shows an Oregon coach disarming a student, then embracing him before the police arrive. Reports confirm the number of Americans in favor of stricter gun laws continues to grow. In an effort to thwart censorship attempts, the BBC has made its international news website available via the Tor network, privacy-focused software used to access the dark web. The browser can obscure who's viewing it and what data is being accessed, which can help people avoid government surveillance and censorship. An environmental group this week called on the Securities and Exchange Commission to investigate possible insider trading involving a mining company that is pursuing a massive gold and copper mine in Alaska. The Federal Aviation Administration is demanding an explanation after text messages reveal Boeing employees discussing 737 MAX problems in 2016. A British engineer and father of eight has signed a multi-million dollar deal to produce an electric car battery. The former Royal Navy officer's invention could take drivers as far as 1,500 miles without needing a charge. Let's start with the story of the ACLU this week. New counts show more than 5,400 total families split under Trump's administration. The American Civil Liberties Union said Thursday that U.S. immigration authorities separated more than 1,500 children from their parents at the Mexico border early in the Trump administration, bringing the total number of children separated since July 2017 to more than 5,400. Judge Dana Sabra, U.S. District of Southern California, ordered the administration in June 2018 to halt the controversial practice of forcibly separating detained migrant parents from their children. The ACLU said the administration told its attorneys that 1,556 children were separated from July 1, 2017 to June 26, 2018. The Justice Department declined to comment. They can be difficult to find, but volunteers working with the ACLU are searching for some of the children and their parents from that period by going door-to-door in Guatemala and Honduras. Of those separated during the 12-month period, 207 were younger than five, said attorney Lee Glarant of the ACLU, who sued to stop family separation. It's shocking that 1,556 more families, including babies and toddlers, joined the thousands of others already torn apart by this inhumane and illegal policy, said Glarant. Families have suffered tremendously, and some may never recover. In related news, the Justice Department is proposing to begin collecting DNA samples from hundreds of thousands of immigrants crossing the border, creating a massive database that officials say will be used to help authorities fight crime. 
Immigrant advocates have denounced the proposal, arguing that genetic information from those crossing the border could have implications for family members living in the U.S. It's the most intimate information that you can take from someone. It is information you can use to find their family members, to know their histories. Noreen Shaw, Senior Advocacy and Policy Counsel at the American Civil Liberties Union, told NPR, and we're going to be taking it from people against their will, end quote. Here's an update on the conflict in Syria. According to aid workers operating in northern Iraq, the number of Syrians fleeing over the border is growing. On a recent day, the Norwegian Refugee Council reported 1,736 Syrians crossed to Iraq. Most of them said they are children and women and elderly people in a huge state of physical and psychological distress. Many have resorted to high-priced smugglers to get them across the border to refugee camps. Khalsa aid founder Ravinder Singh said his team went to the border this week to offer food and water to refugees lining up. According to Singh, there were several rogue soldier and armed militia groups that he said were taxing them to cross. It's estimated that more than 7,140 have entered to Iraq since the start of Turkey's incursion. Aid groups in the UN are planning for up to 50,000 in the coming months. More than 166,000 Syrians have been forced from their homes so far, and the need for assistance is rapidly increasing. Aid group Preemptive Love said, quote, our Syrian team has run out of food, end quote. A statement posted on the group's website reported, quote, we're on the ground, our mobile clinics are providing urgent medical care, and our teams are feeding thousands, but the need is enormous, end quote. President Trump announced this week that conditions were met for what he called a, quote, permanent ceasefire, end quote, and that the U.S. is lifting sanctions on Turkey that were implemented following the invasion. Speaking at the White House, Trump said, that while a, quote, permanent ceasefire, end quote, will be tough to maintain, he hopes it will last. In other news this week from Syria, Turkey's invasion has reportedly led to the escape of more than 100 ISIS prisoners, while children of ISIS detainees are left in prison cells on their own to wonder their fate. Here are some bullet points setting the scene in Syria. A Syrian Kurdish man in his 30s set himself on fire outside the UN refugee agency headquarters in Geneva. He was airlifted to a hospital in Lusain for treatment. Russian strikes at Syrian rebel stronghold are raising fears of an offensive by the Assad regime. President Trump spent $4.5 million in aid to the Syrian civil defense, a volunteer organization known as the White Helmets, operating in parts of Syria and Turkey. And it was reported Thursday that the Pentagon may order tanks and soldiers to eastern Syria, marking the first time tanks have been deployed there. U.S. officials said that the tanks would come from a unit already deployed in the Middle East. And finally, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi led a group of U.S. lawmakers on a surprise visit to Jordan to discuss, quote, the deepening crisis in Syria amid the ceasefire. The visit came as parties on both sides have criticized President Trump for his withdrawal of U.S. troops from Syria. Now to an update on the continued protests in Hong Kong. The Hong Kong government announced this week that it was withdrawing a controversial extradition bill that sparked months of protests for democratic change. The bill, seen as an example of Chinese authorities clamping down on Hong Kong's high level of autonomy, could have allowed Hong Kong to send criminal suspects to places where it has no extradition agreement, including mainland China, Taiwan, and Macau. Quote, I now formally announce the withdrawal of the bill, Secretary of Security John Lee told the city legislature. Quote, civil unrest was cited as a reason for the withdrawal, but there are no signs that the removal of the bill will quiet the protests, now in their fifth month. The long-expected scrapping of the bill was overshadowed by the release from a Hong Kong prison of the murder suspect at the center of the extradition case controversy. Chen Tong Kai, who completed a separate sentence for money laundering, told reporters after his release that he wished to turn himself into the authorities in Taiwan, where he's wanted for killing his pregnant girlfriend, Poon Hui Huing. 
Chen admitted to Hong Kong authorities that he killed his pregnant girlfriend in Taiwan in 2018, but they were unable to prosecute or extradite him because of the absence of an agreement with Taiwan. Carrie Lam, Hong Kong's chief executive, used Chan's case as an example for the need for a wide-ranging extradition bill. Lam's policies have stoked fears of Beijing creeping influence over Hong Kong. It was reported this week that Beijing is considering replacing Lam. Quoting sources, the Financial Times said the Chinese government is developing a plan to replace Lam with a possible successor who could be installed by March. Asked by CNBC if there are plans for a leadership change, a representative of the Hong Kong's chief executive office said it would not comment on speculation. And the impeachment investigation continues in America with a key testimony. In what has been called a, quote, crushing blow to President Trump, the top American diplomat in Ukraine testified behind closed doors this week to impeachment investigators. William Taylor's testimony claimed that a number of senior administration officials told him that Trump blocked military aid to Ukraine and refused to meet the country's leader until he agreed to investigate Trump's political rivals, including former Vice President Joe Biden. Trump has denied any wrongdoing and says Democrats are trying to impeach him because they cannot win the 2020 election. Laura Cooper, a top Pentagon official who oversees policy on Ukraine and Russia, also testified this week. Cooper's deposition came only after a disruption from Republicans in which about two dozen stormed closed-door proceedings with complaints regarding the impeachment inquiry process. Cooper offered a technical explanation of how foreign aid is dispersed. Several officials say her testimony helped show that the Ukraine aid deviated from the typical process. Fox News reported this week that support for President Trump's impeachment has reached a new high. Also, this week, a U.S. district judge ordered the State Department to comply to a request for documents pertaining to the investigation. The Associated Press reported that Ukraine President Zelensky felt pressure from Trump before taking office. Representative Adam Schiff fired back at Republicans after a resolution attempting to censor him failed on the House floor. The Justice Department is reportedly opening a criminal inquiry into its own Russia investigation, potentially exposing Attorney General William Barr to accusations that he is trying to deliver a political victory for Trump. The New York City Bar Association posted a statement on its website saying that the Attorney General should recuse himself of legal review on Ukraine matters. And finally, House Democrats told BuzzFeed News they hope televising impeachment proceedings will help inform the public while ending Republican complaints of secrecy as the 2020 election nears. Finally, an update on Brexit. Hundreds of thousands of Britons marched through London recently to demand a new Brexit referendum, also celebrating an official vote to postpone Britain's departure from the EU. Labour member of the House of Lords, Andrew Adonis, commented the same day that, quote, voters will neither forgive nor forget if lawmakers allowed this miserable Brexit to proceed without people being given the final say. Unable to see his Brexit plan approved by the October 31st deadline and having asked for an extension until January 31st, Prime Minister Boris Johnson challenged lawmakers this week to approve a general election in December, with hopes of winning a popular mandate to fulfill his Brexit vision. The opposition Labour Party sees the move, however, as a political gameplay, rather than a genuine effort to effectively solve the Brexit crisis. As officials prepare to debate Johnson's deal, hundreds of angry unionists in Northern Ireland gathered to plan how they would resist the agreement should it become the law. Johnson's proposal, they say, would draw a border down the Irish Sea as Northern Ireland remains in the EU's customs union and single market amid Britain's withdrawal. One activist expressed feelings of betrayal by calling the Brexit negotiations a, quote, one-sided peace process. And that's all for this weekend's News Hero Wrap-Up. I'm Danielle Smith, and remember, every story has a hero.